Hey, welcome to our podcast, Taco Tuesdays with Tim Goes Online. I'm Alana Becker and I'm here with Tim Mangler. Hey, Tim. Hey, Alana. It's great to hear from you again. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun doing these and we had a lot of fun recording our last one where I got the opportunity to just share some stories from the mission field and some of the experiences that I've had. Yeah, and today I want to turn the tables on you oh because I know that you have spent some time on the mission field. You spent 10 months living in Ireland doing missions work there. Yeah. One of the questions that you asked me was what got you started and what got you involved in missions? What, what did that look like at the beginning? How did God call you into that? And so I want to ask you that same question. What was God doing and how did he get you uh, to go spend 10 months of your life in Ireland. For sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, so I, uh, I actually ended up going to Northern Ireland. So it is split. I ended up on the area um, right on the border of the Republic and the Northern Ireland, which is actually part of the UK. Um, but I, I didn't know that kind of geography when I started. I wasn't great at all that. But anyway, uh, how did I get started? Well, um, I remember one night getting a phone call and I picked up the phone and it was someone I'd, I'd met a couple times, someone that my family knew, but I didn't really know this person very well. And on the phone, this person asks me, she goes, so would you want to go on a mission trip to Northern Ireland? Would you want to live in Northern Ireland for a year? And I just was stopped in my tracks. And I didn't even quite know how to respond. But what, what was interesting prior to that phone call was I had been in this place with um, God in my life and trying to figure out what the next steps were. I was really in this, you know, life, is, life has been, uh, you know, kind of this same sort of deal. What, what's next? Really, what's the next steps? And praying about that and talking to my family. And I kind of had a plan up through uh, August. And I think it was August of 2000. 11. I had kind of plans. I knew what I was doing. And then once August, I went, I don't, I don't really know what this is going to look like. And I remember talking to my parents and praying about it. And so then uh, this phone call happens. And I went, oh my goodness, Northern Ireland sounds amazing. That sounds like such a neat experience. And, and so I asked, well, when, when would we go? And the answer was August. <laughs> and it just, it hit in this way where I went, huh, okay, I've been praying about August 2011, and here's a phone call asking me if I would want to go on this mission trip for a year starting in August of 2011. And so they told me some information about it. It was going to be working with kids, which I had been doing a lot of already and really loved, and it just seemed to be a great fit. So I got off the phone with um, that person and I remember going and sitting at the dining room table and my parents were there and I turned to my dad and I went, dad, what do you think about me living in Northern Ireland for a year? And my dad's the type of person that's kind of like, you, you do the same thing. You kind of keep rhythm, you kind of keep routine and something big and new and weird and probably scary is usually just a flat out no. Yeah, this conversation yeah. is 100% over. and. I asked, 
And I went, Dad, what do you think about me living in Northern Ireland for a year? He goes, well, yeah, that could maybe, that could maybe work. And I was floored. I was like, floored that it wasn't a no. And um, just people who like know my dad would probably get that too. It, it just wasn't the uh, answer I was expecting. And I knew that was miracle number one. The fact yeah, that yeah. that happened. Um, it probably wasn't miracle number one. There's probably a lot of other miracles that happened prior to that. But that was the first confirmation that I saw that actually this might be a thing and it might actually happen. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like God's timing was really there and maybe God had even been working on your father's heart already for this. Yeah, it, it was crazy. What else do you remember about that time leading up to the trip? What was God doing? Um, I, I mean, I think that there was this aspect of we, I, I didn't really feel super prepared necessarily to go. I think I had this excitement. I had this drive. I was ready for something fresh and I was ready for something new. And I had really been kind of praying about what the next thing was. I was at that age where it's like, hey, it's time to move away from your parents and like kind of start doing your own thing. And I, I tried different things and it hadn't felt like that was what God was calling me to or what I was supposed to do. And it felt like that there was just this release at this point. Like, here's what here's what I have for you. Here's what I've been preparing for you. Um, except it, it's interesting to see that God preparing that when I felt so unprepared personally, I didn't feel like I was necessarily ready to go. I didn't have all this expertise or knowledge. And, um, I'd been a Christian since I was young, but I, I didn't feel like I had what it took necessarily to do maybe everything that they were, would ask me of me, you know? Um, but we had like this, this lady who had called me and asked me, um, her name is Valerie and she, she'd encouraged us and, and we got this team together. There was four of us and we started meeting together and we started having classes. We went through this 12 school and was started to be trained on just even just relationships and what it's like to work together and the importance of honor in relationship and working together. Uh, and, and also just kind of some history of, of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and a little bit of the troubles and what we were going to be going into and the things to be prepared for. So I, I didn't feel like I was an expert on anything. I, there's still moments that I look back at my time there and I go, I wish I had more experience. I wish I knew how to do that better. And I go, I feel like that there's so much more I, I could, I just can offer as you grow up, you, you just learn things and you develop and you get more experience. And I feel like just God bless them for letting me go and be one of their people on this team. Cause so many moments I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I was not, and I don't think I was ready to go, but God makes those choices and God asks us in our, our heart, um, in our requirement and love, love to God is to obey. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that touches on a really important point as we think about missions. Uh, God doesn't necessarily call the prepared or call the qualified. He calls the willing. Yeah. And so often, and we see this in scripture, we see, you know, even Moses saying, hey, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. But he did have a willing heart and he did eventually say yes to God. 
we may wrestle a little bit when God begins to call us and ask us into that thing. And the excuse that we'll use is that we're not qualified. But God is just looking for the someone to say yes. Yes, God, I'll go. I'll do this even though I don't know what I'm doing and this seems crazy. This seems like out of the world. First time I went to Africa, I really didn't know what to expect. I was in way over my head. But I, I said yes. And I, I think that's a, an important spiritual principle there. Yeah, that reminds me of something that happened uh, early on when my time at Crystal Lake Vineyard. And I remember when I was uh, first more starting to come to this church and everything, I had really low self-esteem and wasn't feeling feeling very good about myself. But I remember having this conversation with God where I said, God, I don't really like God, God told me he's, he wanted to use me in my life and he wanted to use my life for his kingdom and everything. I went, God, but I'm like, I'm nobody great. And in God's response was, I don't need somebody great. I just need someone willing to say yes. And yeah. when I realized and heard that from him, it, it, it solidified in my heart that I could do it. Maybe I wouldn't do it to the extent or the greatness that I would want to, or want someone to, but if that, if that was his requirement, if that was what he was asking, I could meet him there. I could meet him with yeah. my yes. Yeah. That's, that's actually all God ever needs from us is our yes, because he'll equip us and train us along the way. Um, it might not make us feel comfortable, but that's okay, because God loves us to be uncomfortable so that we know he's the one guiding and directing. Yeah, for sure. Hey. Yesterday or last time we recorded, um, I had talked about how when we, when I got to Africa, when I got to Senegal for the first time, the Lord just completely broke my heart for the people there. And then later when I went to Mozambique for the first time, he just did that again. He just broke my heart. And then my wife was with that time and, and he just broke her heart for, for the people there. Uh, what was your experience like in that regard? Yeah, it, it's so, it was so interesting last time when you talked about how you went out of obedience and then it, it solidified your calling. Like you found this moment where God broke your heart for those people and that culture and that, that country and, and you just knew you were called there. And um, I think that, that there's almost an expectation to have that happen. And I don't see that having happened with the country of Northern Ireland for me. I, I would say I fell in love with the people and I still care about those people deeply. And they're, um, they're people that I still keep in contact with and maybe not as much as I, I would like, but I do. And, and I care about them and love to see them again. Um, but I don't feel like I have a call on my life for Northern Ireland as a country. I, I think that actually one of our teammates did, though. I really saw us as on that missions trip as really supporting this other fellow teammate who'd been to Northern Ireland a number of times and had really poured into that country. And I saw us as being a support system for that teammate, which was a really neat experience, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily where I saw myself continuing to go long-term for missions. Like I'd love to visit them as people and see them and love them, but not so much necessarily as another, like a consistent missions place, the way you would go back to Africa so often. Yeah, that's good. 
because that, again, that highlights the difference. You know, it, we're not going to have the same kind of experience or God's not going to put the same kind of call on us in the same way. And so, yeah, I was just curious for you to talk about that to see if it highlights the way that God will use us each differently in unique ways. For sure. Yeah. The, our stories are definitely very different. Do you like, can you even, like, what other areas do you see as different? Like, obviously the call is different, but what else, what else do you see different to like even um, help people kind of even figure out what God might be calling them into or where they should be going, what they should be looking for, for God's highlight, um, if they should go on missions and everything. Yeah, that's a, I get asked that question quite a bit, and that's a great question. Um, we definitely have to remember that this isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. God doesn't call us the same. He doesn't call us to the same places. He won't give us the same experiences. He won't ask the same things of us. And especially when you're starting out in missions, you may have to explore that a little bit to kind of figure out, you know, where is God working? Where is he calling me to? But don't try to have my experience or don't try to have, you know, your experience. Um, let God sort that out for you, but just keep in mind that it is going to be different. And not everybody might be called to fly over an ocean or go to another land or to another place. Uh, not everyone's going to have that call, but yet we still all have, a, have an obligation to the Great Commission, right? And Jesus, in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, go into all the nations and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he's very clear about the, the whole nation, the whole world, all the nations. And, and we see that in other places in scripture. So we have this obligation to the Great Commission, but that doesn't mean that we're all called to move or to go somewhere. Yeah. Our mission might be to the people across the street. Yeah. Uh, frequently, I'll preach a message called missions around the world and across the street. Because while we have a, a, an obligation to, to go evangelize and, and make Jesus known in third world countries, we also have the same obligation to the people that live around us, our neighbors and, and, the, and the person across the street or our coworkers. And then even as it relates to the third world mission, because that does tend to use a little more resource and require a little bit more time, anyone can support that, even if they might not be called to get on the plane and go. Yeah. You know, I got started in missions by just praying and sending $50 a month. And we did that for quite a while. And many people will do that. That's, that'll be the whole of their involvement in missions is getting regular information, updates from someplace, praying for those people, praying for the work that's happening there, praying for protection of the people, and then maybe contributing, you know, a small amount financially. And that's, equally as important as the person that goes for sure that you know as someone me. who does go i can't do that without the people back here praying and funding it yeah and so that, they're both equally important that reminds me of a story of actually my uh, grandmother had a heart for missions she had a heart for the mission field and never went i don't know if she even left the country she might have she may have crossed the border into mexico once but i don't think she actually went on the mission field but she had this heart for it deep deep heart and uh she ended up she had six kids and 18 grandkids and so many wow. of them have been on the mission field she made this map 
uh, world map and put sticky notes every time someone went to one of these countries on a missions trip or, um, and it's full, like this map is full. And so I think it's so important to remember your heart. If you have a heart for missions, that's like, that's there from God. And it's going to look so unique and so different for each person. And hopefully you get to go. But I know my grandma was so blessed and she loved seeing her kids and her grandkids make an impact on the entire world out of, you know, her prayers and her heart and her kids and grandkids hearts for the kingdom to advance as well. Yeah, your grandma's the, the, the kind of person that I want praying for me when I go, you know, because she has that passion and that heart. And so, you know, she's really going to earnestly seek the Lord and, and pray. That's, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, let, we'll just wrap up for today. And thanks for joining us, everyone, for Taco Tuesday with Tim goes online. And uh, keep praying, keep supporting, keep looking to God for what he has for you next. And we'd love for you to join us next week. Amen. See you next week. See you next time. Thank you, Tim.